Welcome back, everybody. It's the Baby Mamas podcast. <laughs> I'm Angie, and that's Jackie. Oh, I think we should try that again. That's terrible. We've never had such a hard time starting the podcast. That guy or this guy? Well, he works at a law firm. Step two, you gotta stick it in you. IUI, IVF, OMG, WCF. Obsess a lot. I'm gonna pee on this stick and I'm gonna watch the clock. Okay. Step four, repeat the first three. I can't wait until we have a baby. The Baby Mama's Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Baby Mama's Podcast. Episode number nine. I'm Jackie. And I'm Angie, and this is our podcast about trying to get pregnant. Yep. As a married lesbian couple. So, a bit of an update. I'm sure you heard our last episode where we cried basically the whole time. Um, yeah, the energy was so low when I was <laughs> listening back to it. We're both like, hi. Yeah. Hey, guys. It's okay. That's where we were that day. Um, we're no longer in that place. I'm sure you can hear that glorious baby in the background. Um, I'll tell you who that is in a minute. So we're not pregnant and we're okay with it. Um, We've since had to switch donors because our original donor no longer had any availability. So So that that was a big deal because I got super attached to the other donor. Yeah. And you do because you start imagining what your kid's going to look like and how it's going to be reflected in someone else and then suddenly you have to switch gears and mm-hmm. be like oh, okay that dimple isn't going to necessarily exist and this isn't and you have to totally totally but, change it's weird but that's why you should always have a backup because you never know yeah and i'm glad that we found out now because if we had gotten pregnant from the other guy then we wouldn't have had any more to get from him to be able to save for me yeah he was really good looking i guess and so that's why his sperm got bought up really fast and was really stuck on how hot he was i didn't care so much about he that. wasn't like incredibly hot you he kept was... saying he looks like a hemsworth brother yeah well it depends on what you think about hemsworth brothers yeah i don't really care about them personally, but it was but... it was funny because we called the clinic and they said it takes us a week to process the sperm so you need to order it now and Jackie was, like, on her way to work or something. And she's like, okay, just order the backup donor. And I was like, well, do you even remember what he looks like? She's like, no, and just, like, leaves. Because I trusted that we did our due diligence when we chose them in the first place. So I was like, I don't remember which guy it was, but I know we chose him for a reason. Just go with that. I have to go. It'll be fine. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, our baby's going to look like a troll. I don't remember what he looks like. And so I had to, like, <laughs> re-sign up another fake account, look at his pictures again, yeah. analyze them, start looking at other donors to compare, be like, oh, maybe there's someone better. He's not a troll, by He's the way. He's not. He's a perfectly handsome <laughs> man. There's nothing wrong with him. He has eyes. He There's something about him that reminds me of my dad. When he, he was has, young. When he was young, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> he's like 20-something, so I should hope so. <laughs> but he's got like the same kind of under-eye bag that my dad has, and his eyes definitely very much look like my dad. And Andrew's like, but he has a really straight nose. What are we going to do? I was like, I don't care. I'd rather have a baby with a straight nose than no baby. <laughs> so <laughs> it was another one of those, like, calm down, stop freaking out about the little tiny details that you have way too much control over, and just go with what you can do. Yeah, and I'm glad that I only allowed myself to go there for like 15 minutes and then I was like no I'm just gonna order it I can't think about it too much we chose him for a reason and we gotta go with it 
Yeah. And now that I that we switched owners, I'm convinced I'm going to get pregnant. So my hope is renewed. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently it's not. It's like a damn yo-yo over here. You just can't figure out how we're going to feel from one day to the next. And that's kind of the... I don't know if it's a... It's like maybe a positive and a negative because you never know if you're going to be really depressed or really happy one day to the next. So you just kind of have to take it as it comes and... Yeah. So we have another... Try not to let each other get too crazy. Yeah. We have another IUI with the meds. Probably going to happen at the start of October. Mm -hmm. And then we'll see what happens. I don't know what's going to happen after that. If they're going to want to change or if they're going to be like, hey, look, you have to do IVF or something. I don't know. Yeah. We're just going to have to wait and see what happens. Yeah. But we're both hopeful. That's that's sort of the takeaway that we're both hopeful. And I I kind of feel like this the change of donor will be a good thing for us in the long run. And he has tons of vials yeah. available. Lots of sperm all over the place. Which is good, because then Paint if I do get pregnant, we will order more for Jackie. Yeah. Um, the money thing kind of worked out okay. For some reason, his sperm is a little bit cheaper. It's because it's unwashed. Oh, right. So, and that's the other thing is that our clinic actually prefers unwashed sperm because they want to do it themselves, um, which is fine with us. Um, so that maybe that'll be a better situation for us. Um, but we managed to pay for most of the sperm already yeah we haven't gone into debt yet Yet. but we are like sneaking by yeah we haven't paid a a lot of debt that we already had down but we have paid some of it down so it's kind of we're doing okay for the moment yeah for the moment (laughs) yeah that could change anytime (laughs) literally anytime so we'll see um okay so that's us now for the mother of that baby in the background Um, My friend Emily, well, our friend, but Emily and I went to university together. She's recently become a mother, so we're going to have her as our second guest. Third guest, fourth guest. (laughs) Say hi, Emily. Hi. (laughs) So, Emily, tell us, my first question is because you did not plan to get pregnant. No. 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 So, (laughs) what was, how did you find out, how did you tell Jordan, Jordan is her partner, and how did what? you do it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what was it like? Just tell 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 that part of the story, I guess. Um, I had been thinking that my period was kind of late, and uh, Jordan is very up on that stuff, more up on it than I am. And he pays more attention to your period than you he do. Does mostly because he's like, "Can we have sex again?" <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. And not that you can't have sex on your period, but generally you feel like a bloated big monster. So. Yeah. Most people don't yeah. want to. I, don't, I haven't met a whole lot of women that are like, I don't care, I do it anytime. Like, not, if you have a choice, meh. Yeah. We were going out for sushi with my niece and sister-in-law, and uh, I was just about to say, hey, and he's like, yeah, you know, you haven't really had your period, like, when you usually do, I'm like, yeah, so about that. It's been like 10 days, which really has, like, if it's ever late, it's like five, six days, and then I get it, and that's kind of been how it's been forever. So um, we had sushi with our niece and his sister, thinking about it the whole time. We went to the mall and had to quickly run into the Target at the time and get a pregnancy test because we were also meeting his sister-in-law and niece, so we didn't want them to see that we were getting a pregnancy test, just because we had no idea yeah. what anything was. And yeah, so then I truly didn't think I was pregnant. Like I, I. Ellis <laughs> 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 is being quite loud right now. <laughs> um, so yeah, we went home. Uh,
we read the instructions, and I peed on the stick, and it immediately turned plus. Um, <laughs> really? I thought oh, you had like, to, like, wait. No, like, I, well, actually, I peed in a Tupperware, which we then throwed, because I was like, how am I going to aim on the stick? So I peed in Tupperware, I dipped it, and it immediately went plus, so I was like, oh, uh, let's just close the door. So we closed the door. Wait, where, you were at home? We were at home. Oh, okay. Time, yeah. Uh, I didn't do it in the mall washroom or anything like that. So. <laughs> You're not that classy. No, no. <laughs> we uh, set the timer, and I was like, maybe it goes plus, and then it goes negative. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. That's I didn't tell thinking. Jordan that it was plus right away, just because I think we both needed that, like, That would be minutes. an evil pregnancy <laughs> test. <laughs> if it was like, you're pregnant? No, you're not. From your perspective, yeah. But I was like, okay. Um, and then, yeah, we opened the door, looked at the test, looked at each other, and then Jordan immediately Googled false pregnancy tests, false positives. Um, and then... Uh, and found out that that's not a thing. Oh, yeah, that's not a thing. Yeah, false negatives are a thing. Yeah, you can't false, get a false positive. No. 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 Um, yeah, and then uh, being Jordan, uh, immediately looked up the financial costs of a baby um, the first for the first year and then said, we can do it. Uh, I think it'll be very fun. And I was like, okay. How did you feel? Kind of like euphorically numb excited holy shit just because really i we were not planning it we were not the best at not when were you planning on having kids um in about three years so okay so what was the thing that scared you the most about being pregnant being pregnant or being a parent being pregnant being pregnant yeah um the thing that I worried about the most, um, and I share this fear with you, is needles. Um, mm. And I just knew that many needles uh, often equaled more intervention. And it wasn't the intervention that I was worried about, but it was the needles <laughs> that came with all the interventions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the thing I was worried most about, I guess, the labor part of being pregnant. Um, I... I really worry about my vagina ripping to my butthole and having just one big, like, vaginus for the rest of my life. Okay, that term, that term vaginus comes from a nurse, an OR nurse that was like, C-section all the way because I don't want a vaginus. Oh, wow. That's probably my number one fear. Yeah, of getting a vaginus. Getting a vaginus or being, because apparently you can end up fecally incontinent oh yeah from like can you imagine you give birth and then it's like and you have to poop your pants yeah every day <laughs> yeah and the urine incontinence as well um i don't know whether i just had uh more advanced pelvic floor muscles um <laughs> but a lot of my friends who gave birth vaginally uh have told me many stories where they've peed their pants and i have not even had a close call um, wow. And I think that's due to the C-section. Do you do um, major kegels all day, every day? ever. Oh. <laughs> like, I was, I was so lazy. I went to a prenatal yoga class and we talked about kegels. And I'm like, okay, I'll do them. And I'd remember in the car for 30 seconds and then I would forget. But that's not to say you shouldn't do them. I was just bad. <laughs> do them now. Let's all do them yeah. right now. <laughs> every Ready? time anybody talks about kegels, I instantly start doing them. Yeah. <laughs> because that's the same thing. The only time I remember is when someone's talking about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, right. I kegels. at least can do them now. Just have your ringtone be like, Kegel, Kegel. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be really weird. How do you explain that to people around you? <laughs> was there anything about pregnancy that, like, surprised you? That you were like, no one told me this was going to happen? 
Um, about pregnancy, I think two things. One thing I did not know that my nipples would change so much, which was weird. Yeah. Um, they got really big and poofy and brown, which was weird. Um, and another thing that I was surprised about myself, I really enjoyed being pregnant. I was active and was able to be, um, but I had a lot of anxiety, which was like, like I would sit and look at my belly and just be like, (laughs) (laughs) like what is in there? And occasionally the kicks and the movements would really freak me out. And I would just like need to disassociate and just like really not think about my belly and either have a nap or just do something that um, distracted me. And which is really weird to me because the majority of the time I was feeling my kicks and, you know, encouraging Jordan to and, and anyone who wanted to touch my belly, I was like, feel this, it's a butt, feel this, it's a back. <laughs> um, so that really surprised me. And it was really kind of hard to deal with because I felt like when I told Jordan, he was like, you know, tried to be supportive, but... What do you say? Yeah, right? I'm sorry that there's a baby inside <laughs> of you and it's freaking well, it you must out be, Yeah, It must be some sort of like loss of control because yeah. you can't... At that point, what are you going to do? Be like, stop, baby, stop from moving? Yeah. And that, yeah. that loss of control, I think, I would think, freak me out. I think yeah. when you're like... Or they into- move more, sorry. Mm-hmm. Just what you were saying, like, they move and move and move and move, and the more you think about it, you're like, oh, there's something in there moving and moving and moving, but mm-hmm. eventually passes, and then you get all, oh, there's a baby in me. <laughs> that was you, Ellis, that was yeah. you. Um, I feel like I've, like, thought... I've. Because I've had so- <laughs> that's awesome. Because I've had so many people in my life get pregnant, I've had different reactions to every single one of them. I mean, my sister was pregnant when I was thirteen, so that was obviously crazy. But it, I wasn't thinking about it in the same way I am now. And I think it was probably it must have been when Kendall was pregnant. I remember asking her a lot of questions about like, doesn't it f- like that kind of thing where you're like intellectualizing it like there's a person in your body mm-hmm. like your body is not your body anymore yeah. it's someone else's house yeah. <laughs> like just thinking and I think maybe that's I can connect with like what you were saying because I was just like it's so like it's just it would like kind of blow my mind if I thought about it too much so I could see myself maybe going there and yeah. just being like what the fuck is yeah. going on it's so crazy and it wasn't in the beginning stages like when I first started feeling the little rumblings of was that gas was that indigestion oh no that was definitely baby like I I really enjoyed trying to figure out what it was but it was more when he got bigger and the movements were just very my whole body like sometimes it would just be this big shake and kind of maybe towards like 30 weeks of pregnancy I stopped feeling that way Mm. so between like 25 and 30 I definitely I definitely struggled a lot with that but Mm. that's okay you just have to roll with it be easy on yourself and yeah have a good sense of humor totally (laughs) so now you are probably you're one of few, I've, I have to say, of the people that I know that have had a C-section recently. Mm-hmm. So how... So can, what's wrong with you? I know. <laughs> I'm a failure. Yeah, obviously, that's what that means. <laughs> I actually measured my C-section scar the other day, and it is only four and a half inches, which wow. is so... It seems so small. It does. Yeah. That's pretty good, considering what they used to do, which was like right down the middle. Up and... Belly to... Yeah. And across the... Yeah. My and mom I, has one of those scars it's it's gnarly. the ones that are up and down yeah, yeah. it's yeah. gnarly like and I can't the staples usually as well mm-hmm. so you had this lion scar plus the mm-hmm. dotties mm-hmm. and i think in some cases they had to move around your organs 
Whereas now it's just straight. Yeah, that's what, like, someone was saying that the other day. Like, they take out everything, then they take out the baby. And I was like, that doesn't really make sense because you don't have, your intestines aren't, like, sitting over the baby. Like, your intestines are higher up in your abdomen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I actually heard, you know that show where those dudes do, uh, they try stuff? The Try Guys, I think they're called? Anyways, it's this bunch of dudes who take submissions, but they took submissions for um, electro... um, stuff and basically to simulate labor um, oh, okay. and put it on their like their oh. their taints and their <laughs> <laughs> anyways one of the girls on it said that um they took her organs out put them in a bowl took the baby out so i wonder if either that there was a complication or there was something i don't really know but yeah but all your stuff stayed inside all yeah. my stuff stayed inside jordan was actually able to watch them uh, basically by his head just wiggle him very very fiercely back and forth um, as they pulled him out um, really? yeah yeah that's weird. by his that? head yeah so they get a hold of his head and they kind of do this to make more room and they wiggle the sh- shoulders out and um, so then weird. they get a hold of the shoulders and and pull them out. out yeah yeah so they sliced me open and then said to Jordan we're getting ready to take him out if you want to stand up and take pictures so he did watch them watch ellis come out once they were like you need a c-section how did you feel were you like fuck yes i was like fuck but i was also like secretly very relieved um because my i was a week overdue and i was induced on a tuesday and had a c-section on Friday afternoon. So it was like various stages of labor from Tuesday morning to Friday. So it was quite long for me. Um, and I had done basically every medical intervention. Oh, first of all, my body was not responding to anything. So anything that, that medical science was able to do, my body was like, no. Um, and <laughs> Baby's my, staying forever. Yeah, pretty much. So my cervix was just not cooperating. And uh, so by that time, I had just done everything and I was super tired and he was having some uh, heart palpitation issues just from being basically squished and contracted for as long as he was. Um, so yeah, I was um, I was secretly quite relieved but I did have some, I just did feel kind of disappointed, um, mm-hmm. which was all kind of put aside once uh, everyone was very supportive of the C-section and the doctors were really informative and the anesthesiologist was hilarious and they really made Jordan and I feel very included in the whole process. So we knew what was what. He kind of narrated what everyone was doing in the operating room. That's good. Yeah. Um, That's really cool. I've never heard of anybody talking like that. I wonder if I just... I hope that I just didn't luck out because I feel like a C-section is a pretty scary thing physically and emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like anything you can do to make the person, the woman, feel feel good is, is great. Like he ran over and was like, I ran over from the other side of the hospital and I'm not giving a guy uh, like a appendectomy because you need an emergency c-section <laughs> I was like okay that sounds good thanks for running and he was like truly out of breath um so just a great sense of humor um and even you know to be honest even after that great experience and I was home the kind of self-doubt the what if I could and um my sister-in-law was there for the whole thing and she 
was really validating and telling me that, you know, she's like, you basically did everything except push that baby out. Um, you had all of the labor pains and all of the everything. You even had some pushing, so. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if he's not going to come out, there's nothing you can do. Oh, absolutely. Right? right? Like, he wasn't going to come no, out. Yeah. No. They were like, they, they couldn't do anything else. No, no. They, they did entertain the idea of um, letting me... Uh, stressing my uterus for the rest of the uh, Friday day and seeing what happens, which basically means I stayed with this oxytocin drug, um, uh, which makes your contractions harder and stronger, um, and in an epidural, because at that point I just couldn't do the anything anymore. I just needed to not feel it. Um, so I could do that for the rest of Friday. I'm like, or I could have a baby at like <laughs> which is when he was born. Mm-hmm. So that's what we decided. That and actually, like a pretty good decision. Yeah, in the end, they did say that um, they entertained that idea. And then I asked, kind of begged them to like, with my eyes mostly, I was like, could you just go talk and make sure that that's even like a... 10% option, because if it's not, I don't want to put the effort in. So, How do you um, manage the pain from Tuesday until Friday? It was interesting. So it kind of, Tuesday, I was induced with this gel called the prostaglandin gel. And it's basically like really terrible period cramps where you just, like more than I normally got. So I would get like a contraction cramp and just not want to talk, but it wasn't painful enough that I couldn't kind of walk around. And I kind of just managed it. Deep breathing. Um, they were strong Tuesday night went and Wednesday night, and then kind of petered off to like every 15 minutes, 10 minutes during the days. So it was kind of, it was a strange mix. I didn't get any sleep because they were too strong to sleep. But I spent a lot of time um, doing circles in my living room, and then when a contraction hit, I would like brace on a table <laughs> and close my eyes and just breathe. Um, I did take a bath, which I thought was kind of hokey, um, but I fell asleep for like 20 minutes, which That's was really good. nice. Yeah, it really truly did help with contractions. I don't know why I didn't believe it, but um, <laughs> I, I I did it. I think I'm gonna be all about the bath. Yeah, it was because really nice. that's what I do when I get period cramps. So yeah, yeah, sure and just... if it's gonna if it it's like a soothing thing if you're feeling fine. I'm gonna so give if you're birth. Not feeling fine? Why not do the same thing yeah. if it's gonna make yeah. you feel even a tiny amount of relief? But I'm gonna do it in the ocean with an manatee. <laughs> nice. Mm. Me and a sea cow. <laughs> and the dolphins. Yeah. And where where am I in this? You're not there. <laughs> okay. You're you're the manatee. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. Oh, awesome. I'll be, I'll be in a manatee costume because that's what my wife wants. <laughs> Yeah, we're not doing that. That's way too dirty. It's gross. It's been done, though. You can see it on YouTube. That's oh. not a good idea. There's, like, a Infection, woman who says man. that her midwife is a dolphin. <laughs> yeah, there's crazy people everywhere. That doesn't mean we have to listen to them. <laughs> so it's, I mean, we've obviously talked about this, but you don't have any shame about your C-section. No, I'm actually, no shame at all. I, I'm happy to whip my shirt up and show you my scar. Um, a lot of people don't care to see my scar. Um, <laughs> They're like, put it away, Emily. You showed like, me last look, week. Isn't it small? And they're like, why? What? I didn't even ask. <laughs> Who are you, crazy lady? Um, I'm actually really, I'm very proud of the um, two things. The photos we have, um, because you can actually see him being pulled out by his head of my abdomen. Um, and Who took those pictures? Jordan took those. Okay. So it was really cute, actually. Mm-hmm. They He took a bunch of pictures. I think he was in total, holy crap, we're having a baby, and I'm seeing my wife's, like, bloody, my 
you know, just a crazy scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once they moved Ellis and Jordan over to their little check station, he was getting quite teary and stopped taking photos. And one of the nurses was like, why aren't you taking photos? <laughs> so she grabbed his phone and was like, click, 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 click. So oh, that's, awesome. um, that's, I'm very proud of those photos. Um, so anytime anyone asks about it, I'm like, do you want to see the C-section photos? They're really, Usually people they're don't. really cool, though. They are really cool. If you're not prepared for them, you're like, whoa. I, but they're awesome. I think it's an amazing yeah. thing to have yeah. documented. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially because I had Alexa there. Alexa is my sister-in-law, uh, taking photos and supporting me. Um, and I did kind of, in a roundabout way, ask if she could be in there. But they just said Jordan and I could mm-hmm. be in there. So it was nice that he actually captured some some photos. So they wanted you to take pictures. They weren't like... Very much, yeah. yeah. That's and good. did they do the skin-to-skin thing? Yep, yeah. So they took him out, quickly towed him off, and I just make sure he was breathing and then they put him on my chest and Jordan had his head crouched down by me and um, to meet him and to do some skin to skin. Most of the skin to skin happened when um, Jordan uh, went up to our room and they were like whip off your shirt. So I wasn't there, I was in the recovery room. Mm -hmm. Um, So Jordan did most of the initial skin to skin um, which was cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other thing I'm quite proud of is uh, just how how well I dealt with IVs and shots and Mm -hmm. uh, just all of that, right? Like you can feel them you can feel them cutting you open but it's not painful. Right. So it's not scary in that way but I had this like really like intense moment where I was getting a bit freaked out and then I was like I was like soldiers do it all the time with no anesthesia and then I felt like a <laughs> giant baby for like I'm like in world war one like so <laughs> that somehow helped go. me ground myself um but yeah I'm proud that I I was able just to do that without any fuss and and uh, and just kind of overcome all those needles and I got poked a lot and I had yeah. a catheter and an IV for like two days in my arm. I know, I've never right? Had one and it like ugh, yeah, they look awful. Yeah, but uh, for you, uh, it's a plastic um, part that sticks in your vein, not the needle. So when you like it used to be oh. a needle, and now it's just a plastic, I guess, vein catheter or something. Right. Um, <laughs> so it isn't painful. I was super worried about moving my hand and feeling the poke through. Okay, yeah. I totally thought that they just keep a needle in your they hand. Do not. Oh, yeah. it's quite good to know. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised with that. Do you feel like you're less afraid of needles now? No, no, no. <laughs> it, it was, didn't, didn't it was like situational. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm still gonna go get a blood test and be like, oh, blah, 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 blah. but yeah. and finally learned just don't. Look yeah, at if it. I don't look, I don't know why I used to think that <laughs> I needed to see how big the needle is so I could like, I don't know what, just know how big it was gonna be and then if it was gonna hurt and Do you know finally I was like. Though? not looking it can yeah. be as big as it wants yeah well and went her last blood test she went with um she takes care of our friend's daughter two years old stared at it the entire time she was like an inch away that an eyelash was just like yeah that's happening there's a needle going in you whatever you're a big baby what's wrong with you she probably couldn't process what was happening i she's- don't know she's pretty tough I think she's probably just like, eh. But the nurse was awesome. She was like, I'm going to make magic. Watch this. Watch this. Look, look, look. And she, like, put it in. She's like, look, I'm making I'm making it come out. And she was trying to explain it to her. And, yeah, it was cool. But I'm better, I'm better now. Yeah. I think the more that I get blood tests and get poked and stuff, I'll just, I'll get over it. Yeah, but I think distraction is an amazing But an tool. epidural scares the shit out of me. The epidural is painful. Um, <laughs> but get the gas. 
Um, I had, had, that was my pain management, um, kind of, I, I did it as long as I could with the oxytocin and then asked for the gas, which was awesome. (laughs) I very much was a a flirty little silly pants on the gas. Um, (laughs) And then I would take a regular breath and be like, huh, I said all that. (laughs) Um, Give me the gas again so I don't think about what I just said. How long does it last for the gas? Uh, Just as long as you're breathing in the gas, you're getting lightheaded. And you just feel like stoned? Yeah, stoned, lightheaded, just kind of like, woo. You can still feel, yes, disconnected is a good word for it. And then you take a few breaths and you're like, Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I asked if I could keep the gas with the epidural, and he was very much okay with it, um, which was good. Because yeah, to be honest, it was it was shocking, um, not how painful it was, but it was like a shocking feeling. Um, but then everything felt fine, mm-hmm. so and I was able to take a little bit of a nap. So. Well, it must Did be you? shocking. You're sticking mm-hmm. something into your spine. Yeah, but again, the anesthesiologist wasn't the same guy this was a younger man who had like a super great bedside manner so I was like oh doctor man (laughs) you're so nice (laughs) how long did it take for them to actually like stick it in and be done um the process I think was like 15 minutes of preparation it didn't take 15 minutes to put the needle in but um probably five minutes um to kind of prep the area Stick the needle in. The needle maybe went in in like 20 seconds or okay. 20 seconds. Like it wasn't a long drawn out part, but he had to make sure that it was not on a nerve and working. And How do they figure out if it's not on a nerve? He asked, or so he, when I yelped in kind of pain, surprise, um, he asked if that hurt. And I said, yes, it hurt. But then it immediately went away. So he was like, okay, that's good. If, it, if the pain kind of immediately goes away, then he said that. Um, what happens if they hit a nerve? They just have to redo it. Yeah. Are you paralyzed? Uh, I don't think so. I think, yeah. <laughs> no. I don't know too much about it, but I think they just have to review it. Because I've definitely heard stories where it's been two or three times. But oh, God. Two or three times of them sticking something but in your spine. But if you're doing the gas, you're quite calm. And, and Did you see the needle before they used it? Mm-mm, that was good. Um, yeah. I think it's did. actually really small, yeah. isn't it? I have no idea. I didn't see that part. Um, I do not that much to go through, right? I think it's. it felt when they took it out it felt quite long but it's hard to tell whether that's just like the residual feeling of something coming out of your body but I don't know I'm sure you could look it up mm-hmm. don't, I don't know if you want to yeah. yeah the internet is never Angie's friend when it yeah. comes to medical stuff ever like yeah. ever yeah it just makes her crazy um yeah I thought it was really awesome that you put on your birth announcement that he was born by C-section. Yeah, I debated. And then I'm like, why am I debating? I'm very proud of it. I think that C-sections sometimes get a bad rap, which they shouldn't because it's saving baby and mom. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Or it's a choice, you know, like there's so many reasons why you get a C-section. But in my case, like that baby was not coming out. You didn't have an option. So like he had already pooed in me. He had already shown that, you know, he'd been in there long enough. He'd already, you know... He's ready to come out. He was ready, but not ready. Yeah. <laughs> ready to come out, but was not. So. Mm-hmm. so you probably, if you were born back in the day, you would have died. I feel like I would have died or he would have died. So I'm like, both is or just both. awful. Or both of us would have died. And yeah. Jordan would just be so sad. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Yeah. So I I did remind myself of that. that, that uh, And, or maybe, yeah, I feel like, yeah, just bad. 
Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I think it's it's a good thing to be conscious of the potential overuse of C-sections. Yep. Because it is very invasive. If you don't need it, it's not, you know, I mean, if, if people choose to have it, that's obviously their choice. Yes. But it's also a lot of, it's it's surgery. It's the major surgery. Six weeks yeah. that you can lift your baby only. Um, wow. Yeah. And it truly does feel like when I do sit-ups now, I have a top abs part and I have like this weird bottom abs part that are very disconnected. Like the top abs feel much stronger than my kind of pelvic area abs. Um, and those hurt like like gym hurts like the second I start a sit-up. So maybe I might have felt like that just from being stretched so much during pregnancy. But, but uh, yeah, I had to remind myself that it is like abdominal surgery. It's not just a C-section that everyone kind of thinks of. So. Yeah, they're yeah. cutting through muscles. They're cutting through into your uterus. Yeah. There's so. the skin, the muscles in the uterus, yeah. And How my, long did it take from, like, from them to be done? Okay, Jordan goes off with the baby and then stitching you up. How did that? 45 minutes. 45? So he was out in eight minutes. So that was the fastest part. And then um, and then they just kind of clean, since they're in there, they clean you out and make sure that you're kind of, they take out a lot of the like placenta, obviously, and like the kind of stuff that you would normally bleed out. I still bled after, as most everyone does, but just less because they've taken a lot of that stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sewing up the womb, sewing up the muscles, and then sewing up the actual skin. So There's three layers. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. 45 there, minutes? There's us- there's always two layers of stitches, um, and then there's sometimes three. It depends if they do that muscle layer. I don't know if they did the muscle layer. I forgot to ask in my checkup. Mm-hmm. Um, but What were you doing in that time? Um, Just lying there being like, oh, my baby's somewhere else. Yeah, I'm all alone. So, it's not like she could be like running around knitting. No, I know, but like, it would be like such know. an intense thing, and then suddenly everyone's gone. Your baby's not with you anymore. Your husband's gone. You're by yourself in this room. I had the anesthesiologist, so um, they so it took the eight minutes to get him out, and then they started stitching and cleaning and whatever they needed to do. While um, Jordan was weighing him and helping. Him like helping them trim the umbilical cord and stuff like that. Um, so you can still trim the umbilical cord. You don't get to cut it, but you can trim it to be short. So they That's leave cool. it extra long so the dad or mom can be like, boop. Um, still have that experience. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, which it's is nice neat. That there's like efforts to make it, you know, as inclusive as possible. Yeah. yeah. Um, so wow. there's just so much like stimulation that once Jordan left, I think I was probably only alone with the anesthesiologist behind me kind of talking to me for maybe 20 minutes and then I went to an hour recovery and I was like yes quiet like I thought maybe I would like I heard people's stories being like I miss my baby I was alone in this room or I was in the recovery room and I felt very like disconnected but I was like oh yeah me and this nurse who has so much to do she'll just check on me once in a while I would like beg for ice chips every once in a while because they are worried about you throwing up after you've had all the morphine and whatever else they they give you mm-hmm. um, and that hour was beautiful I closed my eyes and and then wheeled up after and did some skin to skin and yeah awesome cool. was it did Jordan say was it hard for him to like just be like okay see ya and just like leave you there cut open I think it was very much of a whirlwind Jordan is very a truster in the professional people so he was not worried about me like he was like you are gonna do your thing I'm gonna go with my new baby mm-hmm. um and we had like my dad and and his dad and a bunch of other family waiting in the room because we knew 
I would get it at this time and it would take about 45 minutes. So I think he was excited to go and share in that experience with um, our new Ellis and mm. yeah. But it's pretty amazing watching him and just knowing that you just incubated this little thing and it grew into this, you know, this baby. What was your hardest day? Did you have one day where you were like, oh my God. Um, I had a few of those. I can't think of my hardest day specifically, but the hardest days were around uh, breastfeeding for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a breast infection, mastitis, and a cracked nipple, so I have a good support system. So mm-hmm. um, and if it something wasn't working, I could... You know, I didn't have to suffer kind of in, in silence or whatever to be like a hero or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hero for your kid because you shouldn't. You should accept support. It helps you <laughs> helps you along in the day. Mm-hmm. It was funny. I was thinking how you were saying um, with your secondary donor how you'd forgotten what he looked like. Yeah. Um, I even had that fear. Where I'm, I know what my partner looks like. I know what I look like. But I'm like, what if he's like a troll? Exactly what you said. <laughs> what if he comes out and... He's like our worst combination possibly yeah. of characters. Yeah, yeah that, that's going to be weird. I've thought about that many times when if we like get the baby, get the baby, we give birth to this baby, <laughs> and then you look at it, and there's something about it that you don't recognize. Yeah. That would be weird. But there's also things that I don't really recognize in him as well. Or it takes me, like, people often say he looks exactly like Jordan. And I'm like, I don't really know. He looks like me and him, and also just a baby. Yeah. Um, like I, I, think, think, I think he looks like both of you. He definitely, yeah. I definitely see you in him. Yeah. So Well, he should, but it would be kind of just different and weird yeah. to look because I look at like other people's babies I'm like oh I see both of them I can see both them and so-and-so's baby and da 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 if it's like oh those eyes aren't mine they're yeah. not Jackie's yes that would be very strange you guys have that added yeah. added strangers and then I actually I'm, know it's not yeah and then you. I'm paranoid that maybe that would cause some sort of like postpartum depression where I like disconnect from my baby because yeah. I'm like I don't know who you are you stranger and it might for a day and then you would get over it right like I feel like the biggest thing for me was not like suppressing a lot of those feelings that I felt like I remember one morning just waking up with him and I don't know what I was feeling or why but I just cried and cried all over him and sobbed and just rocked him and I was like what is happening (laughs) I couldn't stop I couldn't distract myself and I just tried not to feel bad about myself for doing that or like weak or whatever so just any of the feelings I felt I've just tried to roll with it and then if it becomes a pattern maybe be like Jordan mm-hmm. this is becoming a pattern now I need help yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so but I mean easier said than done obviously yeah I think that's probably a huge part of postpartum depression is that you're supposed to be so happy and then so you don't want to go to your friend's house and be like I feel not happy and mm-hmm. I feel all these things mm-hmm. it's a lot of pressure on you yeah which is why I was very surprised this weekend when I was just feeling like just wanted to sleep all day and I did not want like I even said to Jordan I'm like I feel terrible saying this out loud but I do not want to play with Ellis today I do not want to pick him up and he's like that's okay I will (laughs) and then I just retreated upstairs and that's where there should be two people yeah I mean if you can't have two people obviously you can still make it work but 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 it would be so so hard On the mm. on the hard days where I felt like I was done, and but then I was done and passed him along to Jordan, I really took a moment to think about the people that do it on their own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
We got mentioned on a website uh, that is, how do you say it? Madria? Matrina? I would say Matria. 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 M-A-T-R-A-E-A. So you can say that however you like. They featured us in an article about eight blogs about parenting. Eight podcasts for parents. Oh, right. What she said. (laughs) We're not a blog. we're not a blog. (laughs) So if you want to check that out, it's M-A-T-R-A-E-A.com. And you can search it up there. That's pretty cool. Okay. So, well, yeah. Well, last week we did talk about that clip from Fab Life, Tyra Banks' new show, and she's since said that she's had failed IVF. I'm sad for Tyra. Big, long-time A&TM uh, fan here. Y- your close friend, Tyra Banks? Yeah, me and Tyra, Tyra B- BFFs. Ty-Ty. Ty-Ty, yeah. I really, no, I really think it's impressive that somebody with as much um, clout and, like, social social acumen or, like, just so much influence is talking about this because it's not something that people usually talk about. There is a lot of shame. Um, and it's it's really impressive to me that it's such an open conversation. Tyra's pretty good about that kind of stuff. She usually does address things that people don't want to talk about. Yeah. Um, I know she's a little bit nuts, but I really appreciate that about her. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry for her that she has to go through it. I don't think she's currently going through it. I think maybe it was something that she tried for a little bit and now she's not. I mean, it's not very clear, but... She it's, was. She, it's obviously something she's struggled with. Yeah. In some respect. Yeah. So it just it must be so. I wonder if it's more frustrating for celebrities because they have basically the world at their fingertips and they can do whatever yeah. they want. They have endless money, and then for that one thing, no matter what they do, it's not going to happen for them. Yeah. They can't pay a doctor to work a miracle if they're mm-hmm. not going to be able to have a kid. They're just not. Yeah, and I just finished watching. I'm all caught up to the Kardashians now, people. So you should be happy for me. Um, <laughs> But I just finished watching the last couple episodes where Kim is talking about her IVF and she's going in and she's getting frustrated and she's at the point where she doesn't want to do it anymore. It's too too hard. It's too too terrible or whatever. And then the last episode, she does finally announce that she's pregnant, which I, the entire world probably already knows because she's been out in the public. But um, yeah, I was kind of interested to see how that was going to go. And if she didn't get pregnant, I, w- I wonder how she would have dealt with it. Because she's doing it publicly too, right? I mean, she's on her show going for IVF and getting all these treatments. So, Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. I didn't realize that that she documented it so much and that more people aren't talking about it. Or maybe I'm not paying attention because I didn't really care about the Kardashians until you started watching them recently. No, you didn't care about the Kardashians until Caitlyn Jenner came out. Yes. And then, and then I just wanted to watch it. that one episode yes, where they then, talked about it. And then that just caused a shitstorm, and suddenly it's like Kardashians all the time at our house, constantly. And I know way more about them than I've ever cared to know. I used to be ashamed about it. I'm not. I enjoy it. I find it so entertaining. And they're not the worst people on the planet. They're really not. No, they're definitely worse. They're way worse. Yeah. Are they a little bit vain and way too rich for for anything? Yes. But they're also just human beings. Yeah. You know. Enough about the Kardashians. You all have heard it enough from everywhere. Okay, so it it's amazing that anybody ever gets pregnant because I watched this documentary called The Great Sperm Race. It's on YouTube if you want to look it up. And it was so dramatic and it was like the way they did it was they wanted to scale it up so that it was more visual. So it was basically just tons and tons of people dressed in white pretending to be sperm. And so... <laughs> 
I haven't seen it, but it just sounds so ridiculous. And it's people physically and like acting out sperm. Yeah, they had them at the, the beginning. They were all lying all over each other in these <laughs> tubes, and it was like imagine being smashed up against like five hundred other people, and and then the man ejaculates, and they go flying out, and then it shows them going down like water slides and stuff, <laughs> and then it was. And these are like some quotes that I wrote down because it was so dramatic. It was like, landing in the vagina is like D-Day for the sperm. (laughs) And apparently before you even get pregnant, like 18% of men's sperm is just malformed and it won't live anyway. So if you do have a guy who's shooting like 10 million a load, if you take 18% of that. I thought it was more than 18%. Is it 18? No, like 18% of sperm like have two heads, can't swim, have weird shaped heads, aren't going to become anything ever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's part of what washing does. They take out all those useless, ill-shaped... Yeah, and then the older lazy. sperm, like obviously sperm has an age. You have younger sperm because it's constantly being produced. Older sperm that's like dying sends out harmful chemicals that damages the young sperm. Mm. So it's like... That's some killing itself and then also the vagina is like ready to kill it's true like the vagina is very the entire vulva is not very hospitable to sperm so the ones that survive are truly champions yeah it said from the perspective of the sperm the vagina is a vast mountain range so it showed all these people standing in this like this kind of field thing with these huge mountains that they suddenly had to like climb and then um it said within like five minutes of the sperm entering the vagina, 99% of it is dead. So then that few percentage that get through the vagina to the cervix then enter what the documentary calls is sperm hell, <laughs> where there's all the I'm not going to call it my, sper- my cervix anymore. I'm just going to call it my sperm, sperm hell. hell. Yeah, I'm going to be like, stick it in my sperm hell. <laughs> but uh, the way that they showed it on the show, which was actually kind of cool and creepy, was like, it's just urban landscape with all these staircases that go nowhere. So the sperm will be like, oh, I'm going to go over here. And it will only fit like one sperm, but all of them are trying to smash in there. And then one will go up this this whatever fold or whatever it actually is and get trapped, not be able to turn around, just die. That's so sad. Right? <laughs> and so it's like showing all these people so like dying. Die every day. Millions and billions. Only 1% of the sperm that actually make it into the cervix will pass through. Wow. So what's that already? We're at a fraction of what started. Yeah. Once they get into the uterus, it's like a vast countryside, but finding the fallopian tube is looking for a needle in a haystack. And then what happens is like these leukocytes, which is your immune system responding, will come and just attack the sperm, the ones that are there. And they apparently, according to this documentary, they hunt in packs. So there'll be these big clumps of like leukocytes will be like, sperm, die, and just attack them, kill them. The ones that actually make it to the fallopian (laughs) tube, then they're in sperm paradise. So the fallopian tubes are sperm paradise. The people are floating around on like, you know, inner tubes, just being like, what's up with like cocktails, chilling. <laughs> and then the egg sends oh, out a man. scent signal and the sperms get really hyperactive and they start swimming around and going nuts. And then they like shed layers, which is capacitation. Once they've done that, they're ready to enter the egg. But if the egg isn't there, they will die within a few hours. All of this just stresses me out because I'm like, I thought we had the timing down. What if we don't? Yeah, 
Yeah, so they said that maybe one, two, possibly three will make it to the egg. And then what the sperm does is it has like a bag of enzymes on its head and it bashes it into the egg, which explodes and the enzymes break down the egg, allowing it to enter. It's crazy because you think you know how it works until you hear that and then you're like, whoa, it's so much more involved. Yeah. And it's so shocking that anyone ever gets pregnant. But then you look around and you just see that like there's millions of people in the world, so it has to be possible on some level, right? Well, that's why there's millions of them. Because millions of them will die. die, yeah. Yeah. So we got lots of messages from people talking about last episode and sort of commiserating with us and trying to pick up our hopes and that's really awesome. Um, a lot of it made us feel better just knowing that there's people out there that are like it's gonna be okay you'll get through it yeah it's really nice yeah much appreciated it's that sort of community thing that we want yeah totally thanks for the good thoughts and the the nice messages it and the support help. yeah it does because yeah. you sometimes need a reminder that it is possible and that you're not the only person going through it and as we say this may not be our month but it is our year. Yes. Are we saying that now? Yeah. Okay, let's make that our mantra. It makes you feel better, so we're saying it. Yeah. Well, since we're going to get pregnant next month, mm-hmm. for, for sure, definitely. Halloween baby, Halloween conception. No, it'll be at the beginning of October. That's fine. Okay. What should we name our baby? Give us your garbage names. Uh, we had a fabulous uh, girl name. Uh, his grandma's name is Teresa, um, and her nickname was Razy. So we were gonna name our baby girl Razy Ray. Um, not hyphenated, just first name Razy, middle name Ray, and we could just call her Razy Ray. That's um, cute. Yeah. Um, I really like the name Alice. Alice it's old. That's yeah, nice. Anita. I really like Anita. Hmm. But I, I need a bath. <laughs> I need a man. I need a baby. I need a drink. Oh, I need a baby is the best. <laughs> and that boy needed a burp. Yeah. Let's just not do the podcast at all. <laughs> the Baby Mama's Podcast.